Also, speaking of internet connection, hopefully my internet does tend to just go out randomly. So hopefully this doesn't happen. But if it does, then we'll just yeah. If it does, then we'll just um, try to reconnect and go from there. Yeah, no, I've done I've done a little bit of podcasting, so I'm sure something will go wrong. <laughs> I guess that's kind of the nature of anything, right? <laughs> it's what it, Murphy's Law, right? It's, that's how it goes. I also ate peanut butter before this, which was probably the worst possible food to eat before recording, but oh well. So, I can just say, yeah, um, I can just introduce myself and then maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what I do and then maybe, like, mention my channel and then, you know, you can also do this as well if you want to go first, it doesn't really matter to me. And then maybe just one of us kind of explains what we're doing and then... That's, I guess, what we can do. I don't know. And then afterwards, we're going to talk about the um, childhood flavors, right? Food memories, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a pretty awesome idea. Okay, so um, if that sounds good to you, then should we just start? Uh, well, depending on how I edit this, I think we're, we're already in. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, already, we're already starting the podcast then. All right, great. Um... Alright, so then I guess I'll go just go ahead and introduce myself, um, then that's cool. Um, I'm Logan, I am a physics PhD student in, uh, living in Germany, and I, am, I also have a food channel called The Flavor Lab, and I like to cook food, but kind of from a scientific perspective, which is really something I really love to just incorporate cool food ideas, and that's, that's basically what, uh, what I do, and... Do you want to introduce yourself? Okay. Yeah, no, I was going to say, your intro is going to really overshadow mine. Hi, I'm Quinn. Uh, most people online know me as Q-Dragon. I've been on YouTube for many years and never been very successful. Uh, I dropped out. I mean, I wouldn't say that, though. You have, uh, you already have, like, 8,000 subscribers. I mean, that's, that's... A hell of a lot better than most people. Well, I uh, dropped out of my biology bachelor's, and I too like uh, cooking with science. It's pretty cool. So, today we want to talk about food memories, right? Yeah, I figured as sort of a first episode of the podcast, we should basically like talk about where we're coming from. And then move on from there. I think it's a good idea. And then also maybe just talk about well, what what's the point of this podcast to begin with? Maybe just like a a general I don't know subject of what we're doing. Basically, the idea is we're both really in love with food, and then just it, but also I guess in terms of how we can apply a scientific mind and kind of cool stuff we can do with this. And at least as far as I know, this might be the perspective. I think this is what the podcast will be about. So. Yeah, at least from my point of view. I mean, it might change, who knows. Yeah, so if, if you don't mind, I, we can sort of play interview with each other. So, I, if I'm not mistaken, you are originally American, correct? Yes, I actually was, uh, I was born in the U.S. and I lived there until I was 23. And then uh, I got my master's degree in Arizona and I lived in Tucson for a long time. I grew up in Florida. And then um, I moved out to Germany to get my PhD because this was a really good place for the research that I do, which is studying gravity. And so the, the opportunity came up 
And I found a nice place and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to move to Germany. So I moved here. I didn't speak any German whatsoever. And then I learned German sort of, kind of. And um, I've been living here for the past uh, four years now. And at the end of this month, it'll be four years exactly. And um, hopefully I'm finishing my PhD within the next year or two. Hopefully. We'll, we'll see. And yeah. And you're living in Vancouver, right? I'm living on Vancouver Island. Ah, even yes. cooler. <laughs> yes. It's much. It's different, but it's much. It's really pretty there. I have a lot of friends that are from there, and they just like on Facebook and stuff. I see the pictures, and it's just beautiful. Yeah, but I'm originally from Ontario, which is the eastern part of Canada. Um, so yeah, I guess my first question related to this subject is sort of, what's your family background with food, if any, and sort of when did you start really getting into cooking? That's a really, like, it's a really interesting question, because I, like, um, when I was really young, um, I kind of grew up in a, like, in a large family group, multiple family housing area, um, with a lot of Hispanic people, uh, mostly from Puerto Rico, some um, families from Cuba, and um, they would often cook for us. And uh, so I grew up kind of with a lot of Hispanic influences for the food that I had. So I kind of really remember eating a lot of weird stuff that nowadays I'm kind of like, what did I really eat that? Like, like you know, pickled pig's feet and some really just interesting, weird stuff that you might not necessarily uh, get used to, but lots of vinegar and lots of oil and bread and um, kind of fatty meat, but you know, absolutely delicious stuff. Um, and I think that that kind of laid the base flavor, as well as the fact that um, a lot of the desserts, and I really, really love creamy, sugary, cinnamon-style desserts like um, like rice pudding and, you know, these kind of creamy coconut milk desserts. I think that kind of all kind of must somehow stem back to, to those times. Um, yeah, and then uh, growing up in Florida, there's a lot of Southern cuisine. <clears throat> So a lot of fried food um, and also, you know, I tend to grow up in a less than rich environment. So a lot of stuff, for example, a lot of artificial flavors and stuff really stick out in my memory. Um, we can maybe talk a little bit more about that later. Um, so what about you, though? So where, what kind of really, let's just talk about, I guess, the base, where we really first came from as far as uh, what we were influenced by. Yeah, for me, probably my biggest influence growing up was my dad's side of the family and specifically my grandma because we are Italian. So my dad was actually born in Italy and then they came over when uh, when he was two. How, do you know what part of Italy? Oh uh, yeah, south. Uh, south, okay. Calabria. So the, where, where all the really good food is. Yeah. I've heard that like I've heard that in Italy, like, if the more south you go, the better the food is, but the worse the driving is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But yeah, from uh, Calabria, which is sort of the, uh, I believe, the heel of the boot, if you're looking at Italy. Um, so yeah, like, pretty much every weekend or every other weekend, we were at my grandma's house until I was about eight or nine. Okay. So, you know, a lot of spaghetti and meatballs. Again, this isn't a sort of a mix of hardcore Italian food and like Italian American food. Because for the 
audience that isn't aware, uh, there's pretty much nowhere in Italy you can get spaghetti and meatballs in the way that it's presented in America. <laughs> yeah. I, I know a lot of Americans that get pissed about this when they come to Italy, and they're like, oh, why, why isn't there pasta? Why isn't there pizza? And it's like, uh, I mean, you can find pizza and pasta, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, so again, my grandma has definitely kept some of the really traditional recipes, but also, like, mastered the sort of Italian-American repertoire. What, what, what are some of these, like, traditional Italian recipes? Uh, like, sort of, pitoli, which is like a, a fritter, Sometimes it's with rice, sometimes it's with, like, zucchini flowers. It's really good. Oh, that's good. Sounds interesting. Um, polotas, which are like a slightly fluffy, cakey, orangey cookie. That sounds delicious. <laughs> and then, you know, like, when I was five, my brother and I watched a goat getting butchered in my grandma's basement. <laughs> Why in the basement? Was there no like backyard or anything? Or was well, it winter? Or... No, everything happened in the basement. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, like, it seems like a pretty uh, messy affair to have it down there. But I mean, you know, that's where food comes from, you know? And I think there's something respectable to be said about, you know, if you eat meat, you should kind of also be involved in the process of making meat. I mean, like, when I was five, my grandma was picking me up and letting me look at the goat brain in the sink. That's, that's got to be definitely an interesting childhood memory. I mean, that's got to stick out from, you know, from what your friends talk about. And oh, like, yeah. I mean, for example, I, I don't have memories like that, I think, unfortunately. I mean, maybe fortunately, I don't know. It's kind of a... Oh, no, uh, I look back on that kind of stuff pretty fondly. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so you kind of had this, like, Italian background. Was there any other flavors? I mean, so... Growing up in Ontario, were you in, like, like a small village, or were you in, like, uh, uh, like Toronto? A, like a, no, I was about in a town called, I guess I can say I don't live there now, uh, Welling. It was, like, you know, a okay. medium-sized town, about two okay. hours from Toronto. Okay, fair enough. But, uh, um, you know, big, big Italian community, my mom's side of the family is just kind of vaguely Canadian, so, you know, not tons of culinary influence, but, you know, a good mix of sort of Italian and then just regular sort of North American food. So, I mean, can we dispel, like, I mean, I'm sure you didn't eat maple syrup all the time, as I think most Americans might assume, naively. No, but... At least that's a... <laughs> At least I would have assumed this for the longest time, that this was just like every meal. Of course, like, you know, Canadians must have maple syrup all the time. Well, I mean, when you have yeah. pancakes... Yeah. That's true, yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but was there any other Canadian food that, like, you really remember as a child having that was, like, you know, something that really, that wouldn't be, you would find maybe in any other country? I'm trying to think. It's probably, honestly, some of the junk food. Like, uh, Joe Louis and uh, other sort of snack cakes from, uh, a Canadian company called Vachon. And, like, a jewelry is. It's like a little snack cake. It's basically red velvet cake with, like, a cream in the middle and then coated in really cheap chocolate. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. 
<laughs> These snack cakes, man. Yeah. As an adult, I can't eat them anymore. But as a kid, I I really really love them. <laughs> oh no no I I still I still go back. I also I have a, a soft spot in my heart for um craft dinner, which is the Canadian name for craft macaroni and cheese. Ah okay yes me too actually there's something magical about that orange powder. And you know, so that's a funny thing is that, like I never really had this until I was, I would say, really a lot older. I don't know why, but my mom never bought macaroni and cheese. Like I really can't remember eating macaroni and cheese until I was like, maybe fifteen even. That sounds ridiculous. Or going over to a friend's house and having it for the first time. But I, as an as a college student, and when I was first doing it, it's of course it's one of the cheapest things that you can get. And there's something weird about how orange that powder is. It's like almost like like radioactive looking. Uh, but it actually, like, it's really tasty, and there's something special about it. I don't know. Although I have to say that I think either both I've gotten older, and I think they may have changed the recipe a little, but for me, I have to go extra creamy. Otherwise, it just tastes like nothing. Did you, so you put, like, milk in it? Oh, yeah. Milk, okay. butter. Yeah, I, for the longest time, I didn't realize that you're supposed to put milk in it for some reason. I don't know why. I, so I just put butter in it, and I would get this really, like, weird, weird noodles. They weren't really creamy, or it was more like weird pasta with orange powder stuck to it. But I would just put enough hot peppers on it, and it would be fine. But uh, anyways, that, that's good stuff. So, I mean, th I think that even even here um, in Germany, it's hard to come by That's the this, like, boxed macaroni and cheese. And I found a box for like two euros which is like such a, a deal because if you do find the stuff here it's like five or six dollars a box it's in such high demand and so I found some they were trying to get rid of it and I bought it and it was just so nice to actually just have this and I hadn't had it for years uh, it was just a nice kind of there's something about junk food sometimes you just kind of really it, it, it for some reason brings you back to being a child oh yeah yeah also Mr. Noodle yeah a lot of Mr. Noodle I'm guessing, so maybe the names might be different, but Mr. Noodle might be like Hamburger Helper, maybe? No, is no. The same where it's... Mr. Noodle is okay. like, like Instant Ramen. Oh, it's Instant Ramen. Okay. Okay, fair enough. That's pretty great stuff as well. <laughs> it's definitely, like, I think this is like all, like, we're starting to get into the section now of, like, all of my, like, college food. This was, this was definitely something. I would say though, my um, so you you guys have hamburger helper in uh in Canada? Yeah, but we never ate that much. Okay, I don't know why. I think so. My mom ended up getting for a while. We had she went through this phase of just buying a bunch of ground meat and then just putting it in the deep freezer, and then just having boxes and boxes of uh hamburger helper. And um, at some point, I think like four years ago, I like was really curious. I'm like, okay, well, I'm living here now in Germany, and for some reason. I'm, like, really craving, like, the shittiest food. Like, I'm really cra craving just, like, the crappiest uh, boxed stuff you can buy. And I really wanted some Hamburger Helper. And I was like, okay, is there a recipe for this? And surprisingly, actually, it's hard to find, but there are recipes for uh, macaroni and... Uh, for, sorry, for Hamburger Helper out there. But um, it's actually really funny. When you actually make it yourself, you realize, like, how easy this is and how kind of pointless it is to buy this stuff when you can just make yeah, it yourself. Yeah, hamburger, help, hamburger Helper never made sense to me. I feel like it should just be in the fridge section and at least come with the hamburger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like, w without the hamburger, it's just noodles and powder. Like, But I guess you could say the same thing with macaroni and cheese. But there's something magical about that. I don't know. The, the, when you really find out with the, um, 
hamburger helper. It's just like I think three or four spices and some cornstarch and the noodles. Uh, and you have to add, yeah. <clears throat> for me, I I prefer the taste of a boxed macaroni and cheese with ground meat versus hamburger helper. Yeah, I I think you're right there. I mean, there's something magical about, it. and I think as well. One of the things is that macaroni and cheese is like. If you go and you set out to make it yourself and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to like get the ingredients for cheese and I'm going to make it from scratch. It is never, almost never going to come out exactly like uh, what you get there. I found some recipes nowadays, like um, in the, the, the book, The Food Lab by uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt. He has a section on there about how to actually like make the real like macaroni cheese, kind of that really creamy cheese that you find at like buffets or um you know and the back the box macaroni and cheese but i mean otherwise it's like <laughs> it's really hard to actually make like the craft macaroni and cheese you have to buy that stuff i don't know yeah yeah so yeah i mean that's that's my main background and also my dad was always sort of adventurous with food anyway so we was always sort of trying new stuff occasionally like what kind of things oh you know you know just Dabbling in Asian cuisines and that kind of stuff. Was it like, was it hard? So I guess when you were living in the small town in, in Ontario, was it hard to find other cuisines outside of Italian or Canadian? Um, again, that was a while ago. Again, basically, I was there till I was eight. Then we were in California for about a year. Okay. And then we moved out here. Where in California were you? Uh, Palm Springs. Okay, okay, so nice and hot. <laughs> yeah. And my dad also loves, like, Mexican food and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, in, in California, it's really easy to get some really nice Mexican food. Yeah. Uh, um, so, okay, with that then, I mean, um, we kind of covered your, like, childhood. Was there anything specific, like, besides this, like, were there, like, specific things that you just absolutely remember, besides what we already talked about, that, like, stuck out, like, I remember eating this one thing at this one place this one time, and it's, like, stuck with me? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was kind of weird. In terms of, like, actually cooking and being really into food, it's kind of recent for me. Like, probably... Three or four years. Okay. Like, food has always sort of been around me. And, uh, you know, my dad's into food. Like, you know, if there was nothing to watch, we watched the Food Network. You know, that's just how it always was. And my brother is even went to culinary school. Ah. Oh. And then he's, I mean, he's put that. But, I mean, it, that's got to have had some influence on your family's meals. <laughs> Oh, yeah, basically, he went to culinary school, he worked as a cook for years, and then he got burnt out, so. Yeah, I mean, that can happen. That's that's unfortunate, but I guess that happens. That's, that's kind of funny. As sort of he was winding down, I sort of ramped up my food, you know, knowledge. I mean, I think it just randomly happens to you. I mean, you just pick up a book, like, I had always kind of been into cooking. But, I mean, I don't think that this is something that I've really actively, like, I would cook for friends and people are like, oh, yeah, your food's really good. But, I mean, as a person, I kind of always think that anybody would say that about anybody's cooking, you know. And um, 
after a while, I just kind of like was really starting to get into, um, you know, collecting cookbooks and looking into this stuff. And then just out of nowhere, within like six months, I was like, holy shit, I'm like reading all these books. And like, I think I've read more cookbooks this year than I've read actual books. And I think maybe it just comes out of nowhere. I don't know. <laughs> Do you feel like that's kind of what happened to you? Yeah, for me, I was like, like watch more YouTube videos. And then I found a gold mine. And, uh, you know, let's just say I found an online a copy of Modernist Cuisine. You know, <laughs> yeah. I stumbled, you know that... I stumbled, I stumbled upon a copy. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> so just I think those, I also stumbled upon For those who don't know, it's around, what, a thousand pages? Yeah, it's multiple volumes, and... I've never actually seen it in person, but apparently it weighs a ton as well. Um, I've only seen the electronic copies for some reason. But um, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's basically a collection. I think the first book is about kind of the science and the basics of cooking. It's not there's not any. It's not like a recipe book. It's like uh, um, volume five is recipes. Yeah, the last one is recipes, and then I think the rest of them are more about like um, you know techniques and like kind of. And one of them is just one of them is just. It's basically a textbook. Yeah, exactly. And like one of them is just about like equipment, and I think they do such a cool job of like they cut stuff in half and like they go through that one where they have like the ovens and they talk about like there's another one they, like they cut open a sous vide machine and talk about how sous vide works and uh, all of this stuff is super fascinating. And I, I swear every time I would read this book, I would just be inspired by like wow, this is a really cool yeah, idea. Yeah, and like every every few pages or every section, they'll have some example recipes. Yeah. Um, but basically, I I found a copy online, and basically within the course of probably a few months, I'd read almost cover to cover, and then I and then I bought a circulator. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> I can imagine. There's something magical about it. I mean, the idea of looking at cooking this way instead of just looking at it as like a cookbook, like do xyz done <clears throat> like it really goes through and explains like hey like here's what's happening here's the thermal process of what's going on and i think that's really cool oh another big influence for me even growing up and then i revisited it was uh good eats the the show okay I never actually watched this, but I just, I think, I have no idea why. I never actually ended up watching the show, but I, I, I see it a lot in reference, and I kind of feel like I'm missing out I on it. I think it's on Netflix. Is it? Oh, but the German Netflix is, uh, isn't very good. Well, if you, but, uh, yeah. well, I may add this out, but if you ever want every episode, I may have every episode. <laughs> oh, but you just have a nice little stumble pile, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you know, things keep falling off the back of a trip. You know how it yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, actually, going back to the the, the modern um, the modernist cuisine books. Um, one thing was that he at some point wrote a re he wrote a paper about um, these ideas about it, it was actually submitted to an electrical engineer uh, an electrical engineering journal. And I just happened to stumble upon it, and it's about his ideas of how we can improve like the modern like our current oven that we use in our like in our kitchens and like basic things that they could do just to improve it by like a bunch and um it was really cool but i was reading the comments man and this guy got so much hate for this um but i just think it's kind of interesting even thinking of, like the idea of 
thinking about a modern appliance that we all use and you know know and kind of have an idea and thinking like hey how can we make this better there's some simple scientific ways of doing this and that's a pretty cool way of, of doing stuff and I, I really appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah and for me ever since modern cuisine again you know buy I do buy the occasional cookbook on Amazon or whatever but a lot of times it's like you know come up with an idea do a little research and then just try something. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's all about experimentation. I mean, I think that that's one of the really cool things to do in, in cooking is just to screw around and see what you can do. I guess maybe we're getting kind of a little bit off topic. I don't know if this is important or not. But... I think it is. Okay. Um, I mean, we can go back to topic and talk about more of our history. If that's. Uh... Well, I guess, how long have you been... <laughs> seriously sort of cooking so um at some point my mom was like you know she she was she worked a lot and um at some point when we were like well i have have two younger brothers and when i turned about 13 my middle brother was 12 she said guys look like i don't need to cook anymore you guys can learn how to cook yourselves and you know this is you know as long as you don't kill yourselves or do anything terrible you know you can cook dinner for yourselves and so it was kind of, at first she was, you know, there to supervise and stuff, but after a while we could, you know, show her that we weren't going to burn down the house. Um, we kind of started cooking on our own. And, um, you know, especially because sometimes she would be, she would be home late and, or whatever. And at first obviously it went really slow and she made sure that we were, you know, able to deal with any emergency that came up. You know, she gave us first aid training and all that stuff. Um... But, you know, after a while, it started messing around and just started thinking, okay, look, you know, this is, I think before I really had any cookbooks or anything, and the internet wasn't really what it was today, so looking up a recipe was kind of like, there was like one option, and I think it was like all recipes, or something like .com, it was like, was your only option. And uh, I remember coming across stuff, and there weren't YouTube videos, so you just kind of would have to read these instructions that somebody wrote and kind of guess around and see what you could find. Um, And I started doing this. Um, eventually I went to college uh, later as an adult and then um, you know I kind of was on the weekends kind of screwing around and you know my friends and I would be like hey let's try to cook this really random thing like let's learn how to make tiramisu um, or I would eat something and I'd be like wow this tastes really good how do I make it and then um, at some point I was dating somebody and she could not cook at all and um, then, like, I was cooking basically every night for us because we were, like, you know, we were kind of broke and eating out in the U.S. was super expensive. So um, I was cooking basically all the time, and it kind of became the thing in that relationship where I was basically the one only one to cook. And so at some point, you just, after a while, after just cooking enough, it's just, like, you get less scared of doing it. And I don't know if I ever, like, made a transition. I definitely would not call myself a professional cook in any way, shape, or form. Um, but at some point you just do cooking enough to where you can kind of just like think about stuff. Like you can just taste something and be like, ah, this might need more salt or, oh, this is too runny. I need to add more of this or whatever. And you just pick this up. And, um, that's kind of basically what's been happening for my entire life. At some point in like the past four years, like during my time here in Germany, I started really getting, uh, really seriously watching YouTube videos. Um, especially Chef John from Food Wishes, um, I would just be enamored just watching him cook. I would just be like blown away, like, wow, this is just so cool. And I would just watch him cook food. And he, I really love how he has an emphasis on just like, on actually making the food. It's not about him. 
And uh, I think that's one thing that really off put me from watching cooking videos was like, I don't like this idea of like the, you know, the cooking video being about the person, but really more about the food. And um, I started watching his videos a lot. And then I started trying some of his crazy stuff. And then at some point, I just kind of took more and more steps. And at some point, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at now. So um, that's kind of my history of cooking. How did it? So we kind of talked a little bit about for you, but did you ever really, were you ever interested in cooking when you were younger, like when you were a teenager? Okay, or... I sort of dabbled in it, and we'd always do like family meals, or my brother would come up with an idea when he was like in his later teens, and then you know, I always come up with the occasional idea, but I just never really do anything about it, and then uh, well, obviously, and maybe it's self-evident if you're familiar with my videos at all audience but um i have a physical disability so basically you know i only started cooking really seriously once i got like full-time staff fair enough i mean that's that's really an unfortunate thing but i mean You've somehow now made it work, and now you have a cooking channel. So this is this is pretty awesome. I mean, watching this, yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome to watch, and I definitely recommend checking out his stuff if you haven't already. So, um, especially I really like some of the stuff that you've done, and I also I think this is this is cool. I mean, the idea of of cooking itself is more than just actually physically doing the process. It's also about coming up with the ideas. And I mean, for me, the best food that I've had have been the meals where I've been like. I really want this flavor. I want this like texture and I want this and like coming up sometimes it's, there's not even a recipe for it. You just come up with the idea and if you can somehow communicate this then that's also a pretty cool, you know. Yeah, no. Maybe to a fault, I I like coming up with something new. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I think there's something really to be said about taking like steps away from the cookbook and you know, trying stuff you what you want to do. And weirdly enough, again, if I was ever in a situation where I had a team of cooks, which I mean is probably never going to happen, but basically I have trained my whole life to tell people what to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Cause I, I, I actually, yeah. Because I need ahead. help with everything. And I need stuff done for me, for my health, in a very particular way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's, you know, I mean, that's maybe kind of an advantage in some way. I mean, one of the things that I have really struggled with in my, in my entire life is just communicating with people. It's about specifically saying, like, a specific idea. And this is actually a problem um, my, my, with my girlfriend. Um, if she tries to help me in the kitchen, sometimes she'll ask me, like how do how do you want this onion chop and i would be like um i don't know just as you as you would just do it you know just whatever just chop the onion and uh sometimes she'll chop it and then it won't come out like the way that i had expected it in my mind and then you know it's, it's kind of a little bit of frustration there but you know it's not her fault it really is you know and this is this has been the case with me i also see this in the laboratory as well with the stuff that i do there um so to have this kind of in some ways is maybe a little bit of an advantage to be able to specifically tell people the exact right things that you want to do that's i mean don't don't underestimate that power <laughs> yeah again you know i am hoping and looking at one day getting some 
robot arms in the kitchen that I can control myself. But, uh, you know, that's probably a long ways off. Ah, not, not so, so much. I saw that there's a company right now in, in California building it. Now, who knows what comes of this, but I saw a company that they, they have these, like, um, they mount underneath your... Um, yeah, Molly, Molly Robotics. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen, but, I mean, that would be really cool if it does, right? <laughs> so, again, if I could do this stuff myself, I'd be cranking at it 24-7. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I have to give my caregivers a break eventually. <laughs> but I mean, you know, one day you're gonna have that staff, right? A staff full of, uh, <laughs> full of chefs underneath you. <laughs> I mean, there's, there is something to that, though. I mean, to have an idea and to be able to lead people into the right idea, I mean, I don't think that you necessarily have to be the person who is chopping the onions. If you can, like, lead people and show them what to do, you know, um, sometimes that really helps people, you know, I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess here's a good way to sort of wrap things up is with cooking in your life, where do you want it to go? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I have no idea. So up to this point, I've kind of just been doing it as a like side thing. So for me, it's been always like, I just do this in my free time. If I'm stressed, it's something I do for fun. It sounds weird, I know. But, um, and I love cooking for people. But I really don't see it going anywhere professionally, and I'm—I I mean, like that's not that's not something that I would really want. In my ideal world, what I would have is like a little part of an, a future apartment or house that I live in, just devoted to all of the crazy cooking projects that I would want to do. So I could have, you know, I would have my main whatever work, and then on the side, I would have a, I would buy a combi oven, for example, one day, just for you know, for whatever reason. And I could just play around and just and cook stuff and create stuff and I really enjoy making YouTube videos as well. So I kind of feel like I'm not far away from where I want to be food wise. But the, also another thing is I really want to um, travel and continue to try stuff from other places because that's when I'm like the most inspired. So it's more like I'm really happy where I'm at right now and I kind of don't see so much of a future in this. But I still want to keep doing this and I, I would love to have like a little food like area where I can just experiment. How about you? Uh, yeah, it's sort of similar. Although, let's take a quick moment to, uh, I, I can add this up, but maybe plug the Patreon for the podcast? Oh, yeah, Patreon? good idea. Yes, this is a good idea. Because I um, think even if we don't have no aspirations or we'll never be professionals, you know, these cooking experiments do get expensive sometimes. Oh, for sure. No, okay. Let me let me rephrase that earlier. What I said. I, I mean, I I like have total intentions to keep doing the channel and anything related to food stuff. I want I want that to keep going. I definitely just don't want to be a chef. I think that's kind of where. Oh I was yeah, going. yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, with uh, yeah. So I, the idea behind we so we're we're starting a Patreon and the idea behind it is that we're going to share it, right? Like this is how. Yeah, basically, yeah, the the Patreon is for the podcast. But in turn, that money will obviously go towards both of our respective cooking projects. Which is pretty, I mean, like, it's, I think it's a pretty cool way of doing it. So, you know, this way we both benefit from it. And I also, I, actually, this podcast seems to be going pretty well for me, at least. So I can imagine doing this more in the future. And um, 
if supporting this also supports both of us as opposed to just one person, which is pretty nice. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I would like to do the YouTube continuously, and hopefully that grows. Maybe a cookbook? I don't know. I mean, we live now in the day of, you know, the day and age of um, actually publishing stuff yourself, so, I mean, at some point, I think if you collect enough recipes, you can just, you know, maybe publish your own cookbook. I don't know, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've considered it. I have a table of contents in a, in a Word document somewhere. Ah, there you go. <laughs> you're already ready to go. And you're like, and I have like, you know, 10,000 10, recipes ready to go. Well, I mean, my, my current layout is, I think, 60 recipes. Oh, well, that's pretty awesome. That's, uh, I mean, someplace that could be a cookbook as it is. Yeah, so I'm like... I, mean, I don't think I could ever have a restaurant, realistically. I mean, you never know. You, you really, I mean, I think crazier things have happened. Um, I mean, honestly, it's not that big of a... Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but, you know, as well, I think that if... Um, with going, with the, going back to the cookbooks, though, I think that there's something really amazing about a cookbook in the way that, um, especially if you're able to make it yourself, that it's something that you've really worked on and it's, it's physical. You can hold it. You can, you can flip the pages and stuff. And um, I think it's really cool how cookbooks have changed over the, t over the years. I mean, now I read cookbooks and they're kind of like half stories about people's lives and they're, you know, stories about why this food is interesting. And I remember just reading these old cookbooks where it was like, how many recipes could they cram into a book? And things have kind of changed, so um, I definitely think that's a pretty awesome goal to have and a definitely admirable one. So yeah, I think that, that pretty much wraps it up. So that's, that's sort of who we are culinarily, and hopefully you enjoyed this, and uh, we'll come up with some interesting topics for the future. Uh, obviously, if anyone has suggestions for topics or even potential guests that we could get on, in the future, uh, let us know. Yeah, it sounds great. So thank you for listening. <laughs>